Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark and coming up on today's episode, things get a little bit different. I've decided to kind of come out of my comfort zone and speak to guests out of the industry within film because until now we've had lots of actors, we've had lots of actresses, we've had film directors and filmmakers, but I kind of want to spread my wings a bit and speak to people from all different areas, all different walks of life, and if they've got a good, interesting story to share, I want to get it recorded. I want to get it out there for the kind of you guys all to appreciate and get to listen to. So for me today to have the opportunity to talk to Megan Levy is an absolute honour. Now, if any of you have heard of the film Megan Levy or have heard of the film in the UK as it's known, Rex, you will know that Kate Mara plays Megan Levy. We also in the film have Tom Felton and it's directed by the same director from Blackfish. So that's one of the most heartbreaking that documentary, but it's so well done. With all these elements put together, you know the film's going to be strong. And I was lucky enough to see an advanced screening of Rex, and it's a fantastic film. It's such a well-made war film, but talks more about the companionship of Megan and her dog, Rex. Now, the story is all about her growing up, all about her involvement in Iraq. The job that she does on a day-to-day basis to help people and kind of save many lives with the help of her dog is mind-blowing. It's such a... A courageous act that she puts herself through every single day and it's it really is just absolutely incredible and to have that much courage it's it takes a certain individual so it's an absolute dream for me to have the time with Megan and talk about it and what I want to do now instead of talking all about the interview is I want to give you the interview so without further ado here's my interview with me and Megan Levy. So my first question for you is, when you were growing up in New York, at what age was it that you wanted to become a Marine? Well, um, I actually, you know, the thought really didn't cross my mind. Um, My first year away from home, uh, my first year at college was uh, a month after September 11th happened. Um, So I think that is really kind of when I started getting (laughs) the thoughts uh, to join the Marine Corps. So did you have a, a career in mind before this and then obviously the 9-11 attacks occurred and then was that a complete change in your focus and career? Well, it, that's a hard age. Uh, being, you know, a 17-year-old, I was going to school for, I think, physical education my first year of college. Um, but, you know, being that young, and I don't really think that I quite knew what I wanted to do with my life. I was really into sports growing up, so... Um, I mean, I played softball in college and uh, on travel teams growing up. I played soccer and basketball. I I was a cheerleader. So I think um, a lot of the qualities that you can take away from sports, like being part of a team and, you know, having people that are counting on you and just that camaraderie, I think a lot of those things can translate over into the military if you really think about it. You know, September 11th, being from New York and, you know, growing up, year that was definitely a really big shock to me at that time in my life where I was really impressionable and kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life so I think kind of a combination of all those things uh, really led me to make my decision to join the Marine Corps. So once you made the decision I believe is it true that your parents were dead against this decision? (laughs) Uh, That is true I'm an only child so I'm sure, I don't know if you have any kids or anything, but, um, you know, of course they, you know, we just 
were attacked, we were going to war, and now your only daughter is joining the Marine Corps. I think I, I'm, now that I'm older, I can reflect upon it a little bit differently now than I did when I was 20 years old. But, um, uh, yeah, they were they were not really with my decision at first. But now, if you, if you were to ask my parents, I mean, they're the parents that have, like, the bumper stickers, like my daughter's a Marine on their car. So, um, you know, once everything was underway, they're, of course, super supportive. But at first, they definitely think it, it was just a shock for them. And they weren't expecting that. And they were, you know, they were scared. Like I said, I'm, I'm their only child, so I understand. I'm an only child myself, and my mum and dad freak out if I just go in the car and don't phone them when I get to the destination. So don't worry, I can relate. <laughs> right, right. So during your time as a Marine, you and Rex went on over 100 missions in Iraq, which is just crazy. And your purpose was to look for yeah. explosives. You were almost killed uh, by an explosive device. Can you try and sum up how you gains the courage every single time to go on that mission again and again because the mental strength and the ability to keep on putting yourself through it is not something that people can just take for granted no uh you know in fact when rex and i were injured it was at the very end of my second deployment so um i i didn't really go on any other missions after that one um, I wasn't able to, uh, but sure, uh, I, you know, I was in Fallujah with Rex in 2005, and then I went back over again to do my second deployment in 2006, and I think it's kind of an afterthought. Um, when you're in the moment and you have so many people counting on you and you're just trying to focus on your job, I don't think you're really thinking about everything that could go wrong or your own mortality, I think that kind of comes as an afterthought of things. Luckily, um, you you know, as a Marine, we train and train and train and train. So when we're in situations, it just kind of becomes muscle memory and you rely on your training. And, you know, you really have to rely on your dog. That's why the, the you know, the, the time spent with your military working dog is so important because you have to be able to pick up on all of your dog's and mannerisms and um, in different elements and in different situations because that's really who's doing the work. You're just on the other end of the leash and you need to know how to be able to pay attention. So um, I just think that everything is probably an afterthought. Um, I don't think it's so much on your mind. You're just focused at the task at hand when you're actually working, luckily. I believe that you survived the blast from the bomb because it was buried too deep. Is that actually true? Um, yeah, that that is true. We were really one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Crazy. I've been lucky enough to see the film Megan Levy, and over in the UK, it's singly called Rex. When did yeah. you first find out that they wanted to make a movie of your life? I mean, that's not something that happens to most people every single day. You know, it's crazy. It, 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 you're telling me it really is. <laughs> it's, talk about talk about surreal. Sometimes people talk to me, and I I don't even I can't even like I realize that I'm saying that out loud. That yes, there's a movie based on you know my life story. It's 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 really it is crazy, and it's I'm you know it's it's definitely once in a lifetime experience. I think I first started getting inquiries about it when. Uh, I was first trying to get Rex back. They had a press release that went out in the papers and on TV when I was 
first unsure if I was going to be able to adopt him. And then once everything kind of progressed and was in the public eye and it was, uh, I guess, you know, general human interest story. People, you know, were very happy to see us be reunited. Um, people uh, started reaching out to me. This, you know, this would be a great movie or, you know, something made for TV. Just, just something because uh, it's, you know, a happy story. It, there's a lot that goes behind it. And at the time, I wasn't really interested just because I had just gotten my dog back and I wanted to kind of focus and spend all of my time with him. You know, I'd worked four years to get him back and he was old and I knew that our time together was going to be limited. So I wasn't really, uh, that wasn't my first priority, I guess you could say. Um, but after he passed and the, you know, interest was still there, I kind of also thought of it as, you know, if I can also draw attention to this and the working dog community and, you know, maybe help somebody in the future that is having a similar issue or, you know, having the same hard times as I am, if, if you know, bringing awareness to that can help somebody else on the road, you know, why not? If, if they're willing to, you know, if they're interested, why not explore the, the idea and opportunity and, um, so that's kind of how it all came out. The movie itself for me is a rare breed. Uh, there's a lot of war films out there, but this one shows something new about war, especially the military and the K9 units. For that alone, yeah. I think it should be highly applauded. But it just gave an insight just to show how incredible these dogs are. And it was a real eye-opener for me that made me want to then go and read more about it. And I hope that everyone who's seen the film pretty much did the same because it's it's such a huge accomplishment for what these dogs do on a daily basis they are so special and you know my story is one of thousands of stories that could be told and i'm just lucky enough that you know mine got chosen to to you know show the world I'm, i'm very lucky and i i'm aware of that um but you know there are there are so many working dogs out there that have saved lives and made an impact on people's lives and I'm just really glad that this movie I think like you just said brings awareness to that and you know people that were not aware of it before can can do some research into it and really appreciate the program because I I think it's it's definitely definitely something very special and very close to my heart. Kate Mara was obviously cast to play yourself and that's a, a one of the best actresses out there in my opinion um, I believe you got to spend time with Kate oh. and kind of give her an understanding of what you went through. What was it like to meet with her? And you know, I believe you're both the same age, but you must have got to spend quite a bit of time sharing stories and trying to help her paint that character in her head. I think Kate did a, She certainly had a, an amazing performance um, in the movie. I think she did a great job. Uh, yes, I, I met with her in New York and... She has two dogs of her own as well, so I know she's, you know, she's an animal lover, just like I am. Um, so, yeah, I, did, I got to show her some pictures of just me and Rex and tell her, show her some pictures of my fellow Marines and my family and friends. And, um, we did get to spend a little bit of time together um, in New York, and I flew out to South Carolina for a couple of days, and I was uh, lucky enough to, to get to kind of be on set uh, for, you know, two or three days um, and kind of see all that unfold, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, so 
uh, yes, I think she she gave an amazing performance. After I saw the movie, I, I really do believe the true message shone through very, very well, that the bond and partnership between you and Rex is so important to both Thank of you. you. It really was, and I, I, you know, I've told everyone I know to go and see this film, like my parents and stuff, I know everyone that I talk to is going to love this film. Can you remember your first reaction when you first watched the, the film back? It must have been pretty hard to watch and quite raw. Yes. Um, it, you know, it, it, the whole, this whole experience has really been so surreal. Um, the first time that I got to actually view the film was uh, in one of the boardrooms at Yankee Stadium, which is also really cool. And it was, uh, it was before it was completely edited, so it wasn't all the way, you know, what the final product uh, was going to be, but, but close to it. So I think they, you know, they, they hadn't added some of the background music and just tiny things here and there, but um, sure, I got to see the first version of the movie, um, and yeah, I just, you know, I think every time I probably see the movie, I've seen it so many times now, um, I, it never gets less emotional for me. I think I, I probably cry every time I see it, uh, just cause it just makes you, it makes me go back to, you know, those times and it's just, yeah, very powerful and, um. You know, it's, it's something that, you know, will stay with me forever. And I'm glad that people can, you know, see the bond between me and Rex. And I just think it's, it's really special to me that it's almost like Rex's legacy will continue to live on. And I think that's just amazing because he really meant so much to me. Kate has stated uh, on record that she found the story so inspiring. I think it's such a testament to basically never giving up or fighting for something that you believe in, especially when you know it's right. Um, I believe that people from all walks of life can relate to this story. I think so too. Um, And, you know, that's part of, you know, what the Marines taught me was, you know, you don't give up. People are counting on you. And I think... uh, even just growing up, that that's something that about me is I, if I set my mind to something, I'm going to do it. And, um, you know, I, I remember when I was leaving Camp Pendleton and I was saying my advice to Rex, I was sitting in his kennel and I said to him, I promise I'll come back for you. And I never forgot that. I still right now can think of it. Um, and it's very clear in my head, the memory. And I was so happy that I made good on my promise and I did come back for him. So I believe, obviously, for the people that don't know the story or um, are, are listening to this for the first time to then hopefully go and watch the film, you spent a year of intense rehab in California. Once you were discharged, you asked to take Rex with you, but you were yeah. denied. The Marines still needed yeah. him, but... What was the battle like in order to be reunited? Obviously, they'll see this on the screen, but for you personally, who's lived it, and this is all about you, what was it actually like? There's definitely a very necessary protocol that I understand um, for, you know, these bugs to get adopted out. They're not pets. They're, and, you know, we the military spends a lot of money training these dogs, um, and they serve a purpose. And when I was getting out, 
uh, Rex was still young enough to work. He was not deployable anymore, so he was not able to go on any more deployments, which I was I was personally happy about. Um, and because of that, he was able to stay working on base. But the uh, our main mission at the time was to deploy, and him being an explosive detection dog, uh, he went through twelve different handlers after me. So he was always kind of somebody's secondary dog, and they didn't really bond with him like I did, um, which is, I guess, almost a blessing in disguise because, you know, he was my my dog. And um, so when the time did come when he got sick and he was 11 years old and uh, not able to work anymore, I'm the one. I kept tabs on him for all four years. I mean, I, I called the kennels. I still had friends that were that worked down in the Marines, and they would send me pictures of him and keep me updated on him. Uh, so for me, it was it was more or less just a waiting game. In his medical record at the time, it did say in huge bold letters, unadoptable, because Rex wasn't a pack dog. He was aggressive. There are certain incidents that are, you know, in his past that are documented, which I understand. But at the age of 11, finally, he was able to pass all the necessary qualifications to be adopted out. Um, what what helped on my end was uh, the, the time. That time was of the essence at this point because he was sick and he was 11. I'm lucky enough that he made it to live that old to be able to adopt him. Um, not all dogs live that long. And when I got a phone call from one of my coworkers saying, you know, you got to do something now because I don't know how much time is going to be left. It says unadoptable. It's possible he could be put to sleep it's not um really up it's not under my control at this point so where um you know the senator and and just the public in general having my back and my story getting thrown into the press um that kind of you know sped up process which i'm very grateful for because i i only did have eight months with rex uh, when I finally did get him back, and it was a great eight months. He was, he was happy. Um, he got to interact with my other working dog, who lives with me now. Uh, see my cat, live in a house. You know, he really got the life that he deserved to have after, you know, serving his country for eleven years, um, doing numerous deployments. And I'm just grateful that I was able to make good on my my promise and give him like the life that I thought that he deserved. That's that's really um, nice to hear that you got a good eight months with him and gave him the best time before he obviously passed. Yeah. The film itself um, has been reviewed. It's been highly, highly um, rated on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 85%. Uh, Roger Ebert has given it 3.5 out of 4. Um, even the New York Times have said it's a, an absolute um, sentiment to filmmaking. You must be very proud of Gabriella because as a director, I think she... She didn't glorify any war. It wasn't too gritty. It, it it got the message and the story across, which some war films are all about, just the explosions and the action. This was more about the story. And I think I'd seen Blackfish before that by Gabriella. And I think, was it a great testament to your story, the way that she portrayed it on the screen? I think so. And you know what? I am very proud. And um, I think that is what kind of makes this film a little bit different. It's not your typical war film. It's more of a, a personal interest story. And, um, you know, whether people have a working dog or even just a pet, I just think that it's relatable to not only people in the military 
um, but to uh, people as a general population, I think that, you know, in one way or another, people from, like you said, all different walks of life can relate to this story in some kind of way, um, whether it's through their pet, their animal, their working dog, the military, um, just maybe personal family life, um, things to that extent, which I think is a lot different than just, you know, categorizing it as a quote-unquote war film, which I think is I think is pretty unique and special, and I, I think that Gabriella did a great job. Once that you um, were recovering from your injuries and you left the Marines, did you find it quite hard to have a normal lifestyle and just have a normal day-to-day life without having all the drama and the, the... It's not a normal life to go from being in the Marines and doing such a hard, demanding task to just a normal life back at home. Sure. I think, um, you know, if you ask most people, I think it, it definitely is... Um, very different and everybody has their own way of kind of uh, you know adapting back into the civilian lifestyle uh, I chose to stay in the canine field because that is that is what I loved and I, I learned that I loved to do it and I was good at it and I knew what I was doing so I think that kind of helped me ease into my transition because I still felt like I had a purpose, that I was doing a job, and it was a job that I was comfortable with and that I, I knew what I was doing. So when I was at work, I, you know, it was kind of that, it, was, it wasn't very different. Um, you know, it was doing what I still knew. Um, I think where it comes, where it maybe gets a little bit harder is, uh, you know, dealing with relationships and family and just adjusting to, you're, you're right, adjusting to civilian life, it, it is very different. Um, but at work is where I felt comfortable, um, maybe not so much in personal life, which, you know, took a little bit of time. Um, but I, I love the Marines, and I'm very, I'm very lucky that I have so many friends and, and fellow dog cameras from the Marines that I, I stayed I stayed close with, um, and I also have a solid group of friends that I grew up with in New York that I also have, so I do have a good support system, which I'm very, very, very lucky and grateful for, because I know that not everybody has that when they come out of the military or or just in general, so I'm very grateful for that. I, I do have a good support system here. And you did mention at the start of today's interview that five years ago you stepped foot out of the field at the Yankee Stadium, luckily having Rex by yeah. your side. I mean, try and sum up in words what that felt like. <laughs> <laughs> well, growing up in New York and growing up a Yankees fan, I, oh my gosh, wow, that was a moment that I will, I will never forget. I mean, one of, uh, what's kind of weird about my story is there's so many weird, weird coincidences. Um, like I said, I, I stayed in the canine field when I got out of the Marine Corps. Um, Yankee Stadium happens to be one of my contracts. So I, I'd also worked there. So I spent a lot of time there. And, um, you know, <laughs> going from working there to actually being on the field with the players and with my dog, where I just got back with my friends and family there to witness that moment and just having people, you know, here and 
appreciate Rex's service and my service. It was just a very emotional moment, and I will never forget that day. It was probably one of the best days of my life. Something I feel people can take away from this movie is a, a great lesson to never give up. You didn't ever, ever give up. Setback after setback, you kept on going. And it's a good lesson for everyone. So I believe you should always fight for something you believe in. And I, I want to thank you for sharing your story and the movie coming out and sharing it to the wider audience because it's amazing what you do it's amazing what you've done and you've saved many many lives you and rex and i just want to thank you for being such a hero and you know sharing the story that is such such an intimate story and allowing it to be spread across to thousands of millions of people so thank you very much oh you know what thank you so much and i i hope that people enjoy it and and uh i i really appreciate you saying those things so that means a lot thank you so there it is. There's my interview with me and Megan. And as I said at the start, such an honour to speak to someone that's had such a tough life, but done stuff that's so unique, but also it's such a selfless job. It's all about helping others and putting your life at risk to save many other people. And to have the honour to sit down and talk to Megan is just, it still blows my mind now. And I'm hoping that all of you enjoyed that story. I hope all of you enjoyed the fact that now you can go and check out the film Megan Levy or Rex as it's known. It really is an interesting and heartwarming story that all of you should go and check out. The film is fantastic. I really do give it some big two thumbs up from myself. And I hope that you all kind of get on social media and let me know what you think if you get to check out the film because it's, it's absolutely awesome. What I also want to kind of touch base on is... On the last episode, we have Ralph Garman, and this is someone that I've been trying to get for a while. And we talked all about the Ralph Report and podcasting and his friendship with Kevin Smith and everything else that goes on in his life. That episode is now officially my most downloaded and played episode. It's beaten the likes of Kevin Smith. It's beaten the likes of Neil Blomkamp. It's showing that people are tuning in for all types of guests. And that, for me, is the biggest compliment I can take. What I am going to say now as well is that I've been very, very busy the last few weeks. I don't hide on social media. I'm always on Twitter and Facebook telling you what I'm up to. I've done around, I think it's 10 interviews over the last three weeks. There's so much content for you all and it's going to grow and grow. I will be launching a Patreon site in the next few weeks because I do need help and support. I'm not afraid to admit that I've taken the option to turn down some big job offers recently because I want to focus purely on producing interviews and podcasts for you guys out there. So keep an eye out on social media because I will need some help and support. It costs money to put these podcasts out. It costs a lot of money to travel places. But I'm hoping that, you know, if you guys invest in me, you're going to get some awesome episodes and some great content for you all. So it's a win-win for everyone. I want to thank everyone as well for the support to now. Just keep going on markandme.com. Remember, you can listen to the podcast on Podomatic, Stitcher, iTunes. It's also on Spotify. So I'm hoping that most people can access now this episode and all the other episodes that I've done until now. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. And I look forward to speaking to you all again in two weeks' time. Just what I